Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Anya and Kevin, they are the folks behind the Murder Sheet podcast, and they have been covering the Delphi murders pretty much from the very beginning, and they've done an amazing job. Uh, Anya and Kevin, I wanted to get you on the show today because it feels like every day there's a new headline coming out in regards to the Delphi murders. And I want everybody to kind of be on the same page here. So let's start a couple months ago. You two were kind of in the center of an evidence leak where crime scene photos were emailed out and were sent out. Start there and then we'll work our way forward. Absolutely. And yes, it's been a it's been a crazy few weeks. So on October 5th, very, very early in the morning, we received graphic crime scene images and other leaked discovery. And we that day when the sort of sun rose up, we let the law enforcement know about that. And we also sent an email later to the defense, letting them know that something was going on. So we wanted the different parties to be aware of this. And our source who, you know, was, was not the original leaker who was part of the leak felt very bad about participating in this and ultimately instructed us to go to law enforcement with everything he knew and wanted to come clean on that. So our digging and law enforcement's digging indicated that the ultimate leaker was a man who was named uh, Mitch Westerman, who is what you know was a friend of Andy Baldwin's, one of the attorneys on this case. Right so, now, this wasn't anything that you had solicited for. You hadn't told anybody, "Hey, send us anything that you have." Right. No, we don't. Uh, with, with something like this, I mean, it is just so incredibly damaging to Richard Allen's rights. It's damaging to the family's well-being, the families of Libby and Abby. It's horrible that this thing happened. And frankly, there's no journalistic value. You can't, I mean, a newspaper is not going to be running stuff upon about the graphic crime scene images that were improperly sent out. And so we just felt that this was just um, a gratuitous mess and, and we wanted to not benefit from it by reporting it out. We wanted to essentially try to help right the ship. And who in the world? I mean, I, I could imagine opening up your email uh, in the morning uh, and seeing what you saw on an, on an emotional level. What, what were you guys thinking and feeling? Gosh, well, I got to say it was it, it was a text rather than an email. And it was it, it was really upsetting because mm. I think, you know, it's you drive home how horrible this whole thing is yeah. and and when when people treat it like a parlor game of who who did it it's like at the end of the day there are two murdered children at the center of it and it was incredibly horrible but what compounded that emotion was the fact that you have now this stuff is out there on some level and 
the families could see it at any time should some creep send it to them. And that's really upsetting that they have to be worried about that on top of everything else that they've been through. Okay, so that was the evidence leak. And now let's get into the representation of Richard Allen and the judge, Fran Gall. Kevin, let's start with... The defense of Richard Allen, these two attorneys that were removed by the judge, why did that happen? The judge basically seemed to indicate that this incident with the leaked photos was kind of the last straw for her. She's indicated that she's had problems with the way they've been handling the defense. And certainly that includes the leak of pictures. And it wasn't just a leak of pictures because Andy Baldwin was telling his friend Mitch Westerman all sorts of details about trial strategy, things he had planned for the future of the defense of Richard Allen. And these these bits of details were getting out into the public eye. And that violates Richard Allen's rights to confidentiality. In addition to that, she's indicated that she had some problems with back in April, they filed a motion for a transport order saying we don't want Richard Allen to be staying in Westville prison while he's awaiting trial. And a number of the allegations they made in that motion were explored in a hearing on June 15th. And in Judge Gold's mind, the allegations they made were not factual. So that's always stuck in her mind, apparently. And so for all of these reasons, she indicated to them in a closed-door hearing I shouldn't call it a hearing. It was a closed-door meeting on October 19th. She indicated, I don't have confidence in the two of you handling this case any longer. Now, Richard Allen, though, the suspect that has been charged with the murders of Abby and Libby, he's very adamant that he wants these guys working for him, right? Yes. So that makes it all more complicated because he has a good relationship with these two attorneys and he trusts them and he wants them to stay on. But Judge Gold believes uh, that that would not be in his best interest. So there's a conflict there that is ultimately going to be resolved by the Indiana Supreme Court. On the Ian Kevin Murder Sheet podcast here on the Hammer and Nigel show, they've been covering the Delphi murders extensively for years now. What, to me, I don't know, big picture, and then we can get back into the weeds a little of, of where this, you know, what the Supreme Court is, Indiana Supreme Court is going to say and, and who is representing Richard Allen now. But to, does it seem like there's it's it's kind of a mess right now, like almost chaos on some level with this trial or this pending trial? I think that's absolutely fair to say uh, this leak situation has created just such a disaster, in my opinion, in this case, a disaster for Richard Allen's rights and representation, a disaster for um, these families who are just going to have to wait another year, potentially, to see what happens in their loved ones' cases. It's, it's, a, it's just it's a hot mess. I mean, like, there's no other way of saying it. And and I think there's also the matter of, like, the situation that these defense attorneys created, you know, potentially through gross negligence is, is an utter just disaster. But in addition to that, you know, how this was handled behind closed doors, was that the best way to, to deal with the situation? That's not clear. I think, I think Kevin and I have um, 
some problems with doing this outside of the view of Richard Allen and, and not having it all be transparent and in a public hearing. So I think we're really just going to have to see, I think, some of these issues where the Indiana Supreme Court comes down on. Um, but I think we're just we're concerned. And the only one who's really not come across as like kind of implicated in this recent mess is the prosecutor, Nicholas McClelland. And Kevin, using your legal background here, just gut feeling, is there a chance that the judge, friend Gull, is removed in this case? Well, that's what uh, is being asked for. But certainly we've talked to a number of attorneys throughout the state, defense attorneys, prosecutors, and we are getting a, a sense that that would be very, very extraordinary and does not seem likely to happen. Okay. Uh, last thing here before we let you go. Take me through these transcripts that were revealed yesterday. A lot of people saw you know, headlines, transcripts revealed uh, from the judge in the Delphi murder case. What did we learn? So what we learned was exactly what was said in the behind closed doors in chambers meeting between defense, the judge and the prosecutor on October 19th, leading up to the withdrawal of both defense attorneys. It takes us through the whole conversation. Um, I would characterize it as Brad Rosie talking a lot and kind of um, flailing a little bit and Judge Gull, you know, having a couple of, you know, maybe prepared remarks. And it's it's definitely a tense read, but it gives you a sense of what exactly was said and just kind of the events that led to both attorneys withdrawing. Where can people find more of your work in regards to not only this Delphi case, which you guys have been doing a great job covering, but some of other works that you have? Thank you so much. Yeah, we are at um, the Murder Sheet, and what you can do is just everywhere you listen to podcasts, just type in Murder Sheet, and you should be able to find it, and you can subscribe. And we cover a lot of Delphi, but we do cover other cases, other Indiana cases as well, so we kind of do, do a lot of different things. <laughs> Got it. Anya, Kevin, Murder Sheet Podcast, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you uh, more as this case just keeps getting more and more bizarre. Have a happy thing. Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Thank you so much. Matt Baer has a look at the roads.